0: FOREVER!
1: Hi Anna. Hi Andrew. And hey everybody else. And
0: welcome to our podcast. Scary, scary stories to, to
1: tell, tell on, on the
0: pod. pod. <laughs> it is a podcast about scary stories, urban legends, spooky things that happened that you tell us about, spooky things that didn't happen that no one tells us about, and everything in between. Ooh. Yeah. And um we're we're two comedians and we're friends, so it's a little bit chatty, but we'll try our best, you know?
1: We're doing the best we can, everybody.
0: Yeah. Um, and uh we are Two adults who grew up during the time of the scary stories tell in the dark books. Mm-hmm. Uh with uh, collected from folklore and retold by Alvin Schwartz with drawings by Stephen Gammel. You already knew. I'm just reminding you, Ladybird is singing a song. Come on up. <gasps> wow. Ladybird's my tiny dog, if you didn't know.
1: Does she vocalize mouth open or is it all like whiny trills?
0: Wow, I've never thought about it. I guess it's sort of mouth closed. hmm Humming. Humming. Yeah. My dog hums. Can you believe this? Her favorite <laughs> that would be blanket, very chilling. Her favorite blanket is in the wash, and she's uh, she's come unglued. It's it's not good. Um, yeah, I get that. that let's just sense. say the the um, the green room doesn't have the bull brand M and M's, and she's losing her mind. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, Andrew, how are you doing? Let's see.
1: I'm doing okay. Um, been doing a lot of baking this week, but also a lot of cycling. I'm trying this thing where I'm... I was cycling 30 minutes every day, and now I'm cycling an hour a day because oh. I felt like 30 minutes wasn't doing much.
0: Oh my god. Andrew, you are... you're Diana Nyad.
1: I'm Lance Leg Week. That's who I am. <laughs> Sir? <laughs> oh my god. Um, But it's going okay. I think exercise is so dumb because it makes me feel good, but I never want to do it, you know?
0: Yes. Our bodies crave death in a real way, (laughs) and that's that's nature. (laughs) And because it's cheap to make calories, we're alive, but we'd be dead normally. Um, I think people who hate exercising are the people who would have died as infants before, like, um, you know, the antibiotics and stuff.
1: Yeah, that does check out for me. I think you're right. You know? Um, because yeah, what, uh, what other reason, how are you doing on this Sunday, Anna?
0: That's a very private matter that I am <laughs> handling with my family and um, taking this time to listen. And
1: um, I want to apologize for breaking a boundary.
0: Uh, yeah, you should. Um, I'm, uh, you know, losing my mind and, yes. uh, I feel sick and scared of everything and everyone. And, um, <laughs> That's my own personal choice. <laughs> I'm choosing that. I ordered a corned beef hash omelet. Wow. not doing okay, but, but you know, I'm fine. But that's, I I don't
1: know, that feels, a corned beef omelet, I don't know that I've ever had it in an omelet form, but I do like, I do like it. I, I like a hash.
0: I love hash. Another sign that my body wants me dead. Um, <laughs> yeah, but it's fine. We're taking it. One day at a time, I bought some sesame bath oil at Walgreens, and Ooh. I'm pretty sure it's going to be the thing to make me absolutely feel normal forever.
1: I think that a sesame bath oil, thats going to you're going to smell great like a delicious
0: bagel. <laughs> that's my number one beauty goal this year. Well, I have been using expired toasted sesame oil from Trader Joe's in my baths, and it, I come out <laughs> smelling like a stir fry. Um, and Jason can't do anything about it because, uh, you know, it's a pandemic. So <laughs> his options are limited, which I take advantage of. Always smart. Um, anyway, um, um, so this month we have been reading uh, a story in uh, bits and parts. Um, if It's called The Trouble. It's from the third book. It's about a damn poltergeist. So if you're scared, you, it's not going to get any better from here. Mm-mm. And if you're not scared yet, you're going to get more scared. Um, what you can do is go back a couple episodes and find the first part. This is part four of four. And this is it, guys.
1: This is closure.
0: We're going to have the ending of the story and then a little bit of uh, uh, references. Intel. Um, Intel. A little bit of Intel. All right. You ready? Everybody good? And story. Monday, March 3rd. The parapsychologists said that they would prepare a report on what they had learned. The day after they left, the trouble returned with a vengeance. The treble, that's the title. (laughs) Tuesday, March 4th. In the afternoon, a bowl of flowers flew off the dining room table and smashed into a cupboard. Then a bottle of bleach jumped out of the cardboard box and popped its top. (gasps) Then a bookcase filled with encyclopedias fell over and wedged itself between a radiator and a wall. Then a flashlight bulb on the table rose up and hit a wall 12 feet away. Finally, four knocks were heard coming from the kitchen when nobody was in that room. Wednesday, March 5th, while Mrs. Lombardo was making breakfast, she heard a loud crash in the living room. The coffee table had turned over by itself. But that was the end of it. After a month of chaos, everything returned to normal. In August, the two parapsychologists gave their report. They decided that the Lombardos had not made up the story, nor had they imagined it. Their trouble had been real, but what had caused it? They said that no pranks or tricks were involved, nor was any magic. As the police had done, they also ruled out vibrations from underground water and other physical causes. The only explanation they could not rule out was a possibility that a teenage poltergeist had been at work. Moving objects with mental power. They did not have enough evidence to prove it, but it was the only answer they had. And if it were a poltergeist, they thought it was Tom. If they were right, if a normal boy like Tom had become a poltergeist, this might also happen to other teenagers. It might even happen to you. Oh, that could happen. Full
1: sociopathic ending to a story.
0: Oh my God. They are trying to make some uh, poltergeists have a, like a a baby boom.
1: Yeah. They're They're trying trying to to create a poltergeist moment on Twitter.
0: They're trying to born them.
1: (laughs) This is very scary.
0: This is extremely scary. Uh, Ladybird is terrified. (laughs) She's trilling her heart out. She's trilling. She's humming. Um, uh, yeah, that's the, the end of the story. Um, some things to note, uh, as this takes place in the 50s, there were two words that hopped out to me that felt very 1950s. The first mm-hmm. was a flower's being in a bowl. I
1: I mean, what is going on? This is, this is madness.
0: A, a bowl of flowers to me was like, this is a fancy family.
1: Eat your bowl of flowers, Tom.
0: Come on, and then get to work in the butter factory. <laughs> bowl of flowers? What are you doing? They all just sort of lie on their side or are they very short flowers or I I'm picturing know. like floating lotus flowers with like candles in it. <laughs> I know, it's it's a very, very pure family. One. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. That's first. And the second one, a big word for me is cupboard. Uh, I yeah. know so few people have cupboard. You either have cabinets or you have like a a, 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 a buffet or like a sideboard, a cupboard. That is 1950s to me.
1: Hannah that's very funny cuz we were a cupboard family. My I mean my my parents were kind of old fashioned and my mom is very much a cupboard person, you know.
0: And cupboards are could also be cabinets or is a cupboard like the thing that a bread goes in? That's like
1: A cupboard the we would call cabinets cupboards. Although sometimes cabinets. I feel like for whatever reason if it was if there were glasses in it, then it was a cabinet. If it were like um pots that we rarely use or like casserole dishes, it was in a cupboard.
0: The word "cupboard" is now making me have sort of a panic reaction. <laughs> Another sign that my body wants me dead. <laughs> I shouldn't be here.
1: <laughs> well, what is? I'm trying to remember the spelling of "cupboard." Is it's it
0: "cupboard"? And I'm very sorry to be the one to tell you that. Oh no! See, really that hard. messes
1: my whole brain up.
0: It cupboard. I cupboard. Truly cupboard. Feel for people learning English as a, a an additional language. <laughs> What yeah, a big those, mess.
1: Also flashlight bulb popped up as like, imagine just having a loose flash bulb, flashlight pulp. <laughs> wait,
0: wait, I, I need Look, to... I also had a car crash in my brain when I saw flashlight <laughs> bulb. I barely made it through alive.
1: <laughs> I really, I really did say flashlet pulp. So flash everyone
0: Tracy let carry Coop bulb,
1: put me in a room temperature bath and I'm done.
0: Um, (laughs) it's not okay. We're not good. Um, Yeah. Is that's either like from a flashlight flashlight or like a camera flashlight.
1: I know. I'm curious.
0: Um, which one of these things scares you the most? The flower bowl smashing, flying off the dining room table, smashing into the cupboard, the bottle of bleach popping out of the cardboard box and popping its top. If this Mm -hmm. is okay, this is the talent competition of the, um, poltergeist, uh, beauty pageant. (laughs) We've got flower bowl smashing into the cupboard. We've got bottle of bleach, jumping out of a cardboard box and popping its top mm-hmm. like it's like listen to me i've yeah. about had it <laughs> a bookcase filled with encyclopedias wedging itself between a radiator and a wall wow radiator and yeah. a wall or a flashlight bulb on the table rising up and hitting a wall 12 feet away or finally ox heard coming from the kitchen when nobody was in that room
1: so here's my thought so the clear like in the um, in in this analogy you've popped up of like a Miss America pageant, uh-huh. like the the bookcase full of encyclopedias wedging itself between a wall and a radiator. That's very much like um, big spectacle. Yeah. That's like the one who ha- flips a baton that's on fire and is just amazing. And you're I like, was oh just
0: my. picturing like playing a flaming violin on a like balancing on a ball. Yes, like hula hooping a flame.
1: But to me, the dark horse here is kind of uh, the finally four knocks were heard coming from the kitchen when nobody was in that room.
0: Andrew, it's just I couldn't yeah. be more on the same page with you.
1: Yeah, it's it's um, nuanced. It's small. It's specific. It, you're thinking about it longer.
0: She's our girl. She's our hometown brunette who's quiet and <laughs> comes from a good family. And um, she's the one. You know,
1: she's planning on being a pharmacist, which is so great and specific, and we're happy yeah. for
0: her. It's, like, smart, but not in a way that's, like, threatening. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> she's not like, I want to be a doctor. Where you're like, are we in a fight? What are you talking about? <laughs> Don't be a doctor. And she's like, I want to be a pharmacist. You're like, okay. Now I, you're Miss America.
1: I love this Poltergeist pageant, Anna. I think that's really good.
0: Here they
1: come. They're disruptive.
0: It truly, like... You have to, it's like the Emmys, you know, you have to have it there <laughs> in order to encourage uh, creativity throughout the year.
1: Right, right.
0: Because otherwise everyone's just going to be knocking and pushing chairs and, you know.
1: I I have to say, I'm I'm kind of gagged by this, um, the two parapsychologists not finishing up until August, you know. That's big. Oh my big.
0: God, you're right. Well, I guess, yeah, They they went, they left the house. It's not like they were there.
1: Yeah, they left, they took some time, they got an Airbnb, they took some time to themselves.
0: They made $15,000 a day uh, to do absolutely (laughs) useless fake academic work. Especially because
1: uh, one of the things they ruled out was magic.
0: The GI Bill was good for people. (laughs) They had time to do things. You could live a life. These people lived in homes that they owned when they were like, well, uh, there's no, uh, rabbits in the hat.
1: <laughs> this is, that's the thing. It's like, imagine any person coming to your house and be like, okay, I'm going to take a couple months just to rule out magic. And then we'll get to the bottom of, um, why your spouse got electrocuted when they use the shower.
0: It's like, <laughs> well. Oh my God. Um, okay. So that's the end of the story. And then I'm going to read in the appendix of the book. Is Good. It's called appendix notes and sources. Um, so this is for what is going on here, which is the name of the section and mm-hmm. then the trouble. Um, when no cause could be found for the strange events in the story, many people wondered if a noisy mischief making ghost called a poltergeist was responsible. Stories of poltergeist hauntings have been common in our folklore for centuries. It was said that these poltergeists caused objects to fly and furniture to dance. Pulled. Okay. Go off. <laughs> sir Uh, i I, i'm sorry we also have neglected to talk about just because she's runner up the um the bookcase falling over and wedging itself between the radiator and the wall because excuse me that's a tiny space that
1: is a very little and how
0: thin is the bookshelf
1: to wedge because an encyclopedia if it's a single encyclopedia is like four inches wide So, like, uh, uh, yeah, this is huge.
0: (laughs) Yeah, the encyclopedia part of it is also deeply 1950s. Yes. Um, Furniture to dance pulled sheets and blankets from beds. Excuse me, ma'am. Made rapping and groaning sounds and other mischief. At a ranch in Cisco, Texas, in 1881, something or someone threw rocks, opened locked doors without a key, squeezed raw eggs through the cracks in the ceiling.
1: Oh, God.
0: And, Andrew, wait for it. You want to know what the last thing was? Yes. You'll never guess. <laughs> Mewed like a cat. No. That is very off base. That's like when you find out that someone is like uh, an investment banker, a speaker, and a skateboarder. It's like, don't, what is... What's on, going... I mean, although get on that the same is... Page.
1: That is very much putting – that really gives me a sense of who the teen is who's creating this poltergeist. If if your psychic energy is (laughs) mewing like a cat, like I know you, you've got long bangs. You and your friends like draw on your backpacks and permanent marker every day during lunch (laughs) under a tree.
0: We're picturing the same kid because I pictured a a redhead girl who dyes her hair purple and her over-the-ears headphones have cat ears on it. Yes. (laughs) Or like – you got red roots and lilac hair that you got for your birthday.
1: Huge. Rich social life in college, but for now, it's, it's sort of biding time until
0: then. Yeah, like probably actually going to work in the White House at some point. But for right now, <laughs> it's cat time. <laughs> Everything and everyone was checked, just as they were in the trouble. Some of what happened could have been caused by a prankster, but there were no explanations for much of it, except that a poltergeist had been at work parapsychologists such as the two in our story are concerned with mental powers humans may have that are not yet understood. Hmm. Psychokinesis and extrasensory perception are examples of these powers. The trouble is based on news reports in the New York times, life magazine, other f- uh, publications. Okay, cool. It's not, not a lot there. Um, but then I looked up, somebody sent us a link about, uh, apparently Duke university really did have parapsychology.
1: Which is so great.
0: Which is so crazy. Um, the photo is a man doing a magic trick for a dog. <laughs> Good. A, his name is J.B. Ryan testing a dog. <laughs> <laughs> the parapsychology laboratory began at Duke in 1930 after Dr. William McDougall invited doctors J.B. and Louisa Rhine to Durham. At this time, on the coattails of mesmerism and a public interest in mediumship and other strange phenomena... There is a push in the scientific community to empirically study physical and paranormal experiences. Thus, parapsychology was born. In the 35 years that the laboratory was at Duke, many words we associate with the paranormal were defined, including extrasensory perception, ESP, oh. telepathy, psychokinesis, precognition, and clairvoyance. JB himself was primarily concerned with ESP, and many tests of ability were developed, including the famous Zener Card test. What is that? What?
1: Oh, that's from like Ghostbusters, where I think it's like you hold up a card and it has a symbol on it and the person guesses what's on the card.
0: Wow. Yeah. Oh, I think yeah. The I symbols are like a circle, a plus sign, yes. uh, waves, a square and a star. Yeah. I just like derived a sense of pride in myself for being able to describe those um, <laughs> uh, shapes. <laughs>
1: I, honestly, Anna, I, the other day I forgot the word triangle. I could not... <laughs> summon it i really was like when the three li- it's their angles the three of them the 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 the, the points are friends okay <laughs>
0: they're friends and they're together oh my god i've never related to something more um okay even though the laboratory is no longer at duke the research continues at the Rhine research center in durham this exhibit shows a glimpse of the old laboratory its people its research its progress and its legacy so you can find this online at uh, library.duke.edu there's an online exhibit. Let me see. Can I get in. <laughs> okay. So he, uh, while being paid by the university um, and it's unclear if this picture of him with the dog was testing to see if she had ESP or um, if it was a joke.
1: I'm always curious about like what the initial pitch was to Duke about this. Like, I'm guessing, I mean, if it's if it's like the 1950s, it's not that far after, like, the spiritualism craze of the early 20th century, which, like, really captured the hearts and minds of a lot of very um, well-to-do socialites. And I wonder if, like, that had an effect on its ability to, like, gain credence in a scientific sphere, you know?
0: Yeah, I think it was like, well, spooky stuff's happening, so yeah. we have to do science about it. Anyway, so that's a real thing that really happened and people got paid real money for. Wow. Um, should we talk about these illustrations?
1: I would love to talk about them. We have we we talked about the first, the cube and the, the like the the root cube, but we have not <sighs> talked about cube. the subsequent. We illustrations. haven't
0: talked about one of I think potentially the only centerfold double yes. page spread illustration in the entire series. Huge. And this is insane. Uh, I'm gonna take a stab at it. Please do. Uh, this is uh, two pages of sort of Stephen Gamel fog and Stephen Gamel light. Like there's dark clouds. Right. There's a weird planet on the left side of the page that looks like it's on the ceiling of a room, or like yes. Um, there's like a house somewhere. Um, there's I guess a bottle of bleach on the bottom. There's books flying. There's a bookcase with deeply typical Stephen Gamel roots and drips coming out of the bottom. Like very, very heightened. Yes. Um, there's a table sort of sailing through space in the top left. There's drips of what we can assume are like spilled ink that yes. look like little sorry to say it, little sperms.
1: They really do.
0: Um the very top left corner is a little fuzzy something.
1: Yeah, kind of a Tribble looking thing.
0: A little bit of a Tribble with like long whiskers. Um, And then there's like a hole with another moon sort of coming out of it in the middle. Yes. And then there's sort of like humanish figures in the top, which is very spook-ass.
1: Anna, I'm just realizing that planet, very likely the globe, as mentioned in the last episode.
0: <gasps> come on, globe. C- come, on, come on, globe. Come on, context. Look at Miss Globe. Wow. Um, on the right page. Oh, this uh, one's huge. The major feature is, well, there's a lot. So there's like Stephen Gamel crack and drip going basically for the entire center of the page vertically mm-hmm. with like curling branches coming out of it. Um, There's more ink splatters in the middle. There's a spooky ass window in the middle. Very. That's dark. Um, and the paint is light. There's a crescent moon in the top. Um, there's sort of chemtrails across the whole page. I know that it's contrails, but no one says it that way. So I'm saying chemtrails. <laughs> Handled it.
1: You're right, Anna. Oh, that's true. They do look just like that.
0: Um, and this window on this page makes it unclear if, like, the whole thing is inside or out, Inside looking out or outside looking in. Yeah. Um, bottom left of this page is a... a Chair, like what do they call shaker chair? Yeah,
1: yeah, the straight with, back um, chair.
0: Yeah, with uh deep Stephen Gamble roots and shadows on it. um A dark, sort of cartoonishly evil-looking figure mm-hmm. in the bottom center. A ton of these like ink blot things in the bottom right corner and then like little spidery guys? Yeah,
1: like, we're we're transferring from sperm to like sea creature spidery things. Spider dudes, sea spiders.
0: Yeah. Um yeah, it sort of looks like a uh, feature in the um the spot or the red spot. Oh, story of yes. the girl, spider yep. face girl. Um but the main issue is this uh toddler/doll. Come in on. The top right corner. She ha- or he or they has swoop lines below it as if it's flying through the air, which is rude. It, it only ever occurred to me that this was a, a little baby, but it's it's a doll.
1: It really the, the expression on the doll is it's uh, in my childhood. I never thought that that was a doll in my head. It was the other sister or like the Tommy and who's the girl? the uh, Nancy. Nancy. I always thought it was Nancy and the baldness was like just a part of her or maybe like an abstraction, but the expression of this doll is very much like walking into a room where you thought there was no one there and instead there are like six people and they're all looking at you. It's very, it's very much like, oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry.
0: Like, oh, sorry. I had this room for this time, but that's okay. I can do that. <laughs> no, no, no. It's fine. Um, it, the doll looks exactly like Bobby Hill.
1: That is it. That's it. It's Bobby yeah. Hill.
0: Diet. And then there's like a little bonus drawing in the notes and sources section that oh. is so crazy looking. It's like a little electricity dude with like oh. cracked, like almond shaped dark eyes that are on it, the sides of its very, head, and then two little spooky nose holes, and then a like a tick mouth that's like oh. wide open with long daggery teeth, and then it has like. Electricity fuzzy hair coming out of all sides of it. Yes, it's so spook ass. Yeah, this
1: one's kind of a departure for Stephen Gamble, too, in a way.
0: Yeah, it he doesn't do a ton of like um, figures that are not mentioned in the story. Yeah, usually, if there's like a feature, a, a figure in a s- illustration, it's because it's like the person was walking in the woods. <laughs>
1: Wow. This one, okay. I, I really, I, I'm really glad we took the time this month to focus on The Trouble because there's a lot of nuance to unpack in it. Um, I, I also just will say, like, the the whole, the totality of illustrations in this story read to me very much like that scene in Poltergeist where they open the door to the kid's room. Like, the scientists come and they open the door and it's like all the things like swirling around and flying around oh, in the room. Oh, I forgot about that. And it feels like that's kind of the id of Poltergeist, which is just like unexplainable floating things. And you don't know when it's going to end. And that's scary. Thank you for reading this last part, Anna.
0: Oh, thank you, Andrew, for, for reading your parts. And (laughs) thanks to everyone else for listening to the parts.
1: We love when you listen and we love to speak and be heard. Anna, did anything spooky happen to you this week?
0: Something actually spooky did just happen where, and, uh, Jason and I are doing laundry and I hung up a jumpsuit, a laundry room hamper hanger carrier thing, uh-huh. and it was hanging at like eye level. So I left the room and then came back in and it felt like there was just a man in the apartment. <laughs> <laughs> and it was just a wet jumpsuit. Um, Like most things in life, it turned out to just be a wet jumpsuit.
1: When in doubt, yeah, it, it's a wet jumpsuit.
0: Um, how about you? Did anything spooky happen to you this week?
1: Oh, gosh. I haven't gone anywhere or done anything, but I did have a uh, dream that was not quite a nightmare, but a very, very vivid dream that I was in a Broadway theater watching a jukebox musical of Gwen Stefani music, but it was about The Bride of Frankenstein. Oh. And I was oh. very moved by it.
0: <laughs> it was about the move. Oh, that would be your... You've just described something that's deeply you.
1: I know. And it's funny because like I that that thought never occurred to me as being like a good idea for a thing. And then in this dream, it was like it was the movie The Bride of Frankenstein, but all with Gwen Stefani music. It was like one of the strangest things I've ever seen. Oh my God. But it fit. Like, yeah, it was it was very good. I I don't remember I don't remember much of it, but I do remember that the finale, weirdest of all, was that her song I Know We're Cool.
0: What an insane thing to not end on Hollaback, girl. I know. <laughs> so crazy.
1: It was really, um, it was really very great. And uh, maybe one day when I'm uh, a Howard Hughes unhinged tycoon, I'll, I'll produce it for virtually no one.
0: Speaking of the Snapple Theater on Broadway, uh, we I think I want to say personally, a, a special R.I.P. to The Fit. I know Um, There's a theater space in New York that did a lot of comedy and it was relatively easy to get stage time. And, uh, yeah, I just want to say thanks to the pit.
1: Yeah, it, it really was. I mean, it's a good reminder now that, uh, if there are local art institutions that you really care about, whether they're comedy clubs or little museums or locally owned music venues or something, um, All those small businesses are really struggling right now, understandably. And um, if you can, make a little donation to them or if if they're still to some degree of operation, like if there's any way you can be a patron or help contribute to people who are trying to keep art local, um, yeah, do whatever you can. Look them up and donate a couple bucks.
0: Do that. Do that. Please. Another thing you can do? Get get out. out. Forever. (laughs) This has been a Forever Dog
1: production. Scary Stories to Tell on the Pod is executive produced
0: by Brett Boehm, Joe Cilio, and Alex Ramsey. Produced by Tracy Soren. Original theme music by Chris Ryan. Cover art by Bats Langley. To listen to this podcast ad-free, sign up for Forever Dog Plus at foreverdogpodcasts.com/plus. Check out video clips of our podcasts on YouTube at youtube.com slash team. And make sure to follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at forever dog team to keep up with all the latest forever dog news.